I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, summer art, index card art, ICAD, finding your lane, all of those things. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 465, Finding Your Lane. Finding Lane. We are moving into June as I record this, Memorial Day, high school graduation, and then boom, June 1. It's going to be here. All that June brings. June. It's one of those months all that June brings, and, and, and the start of ICAD. By the time this show comes out, ICAD will probably have started. That's probably true. The days got gobbled up. Things and things. We all have our things, unexpected things and planned things and just lots of things and things, 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 things have teeth. Things gobble up days and plans and times partly why it's so important that we really work hard to nurture our creative habits because otherwise things just chew up all the time. So ICAD will probably have started, which means I will have started, which means whatever I say in this show will have either happened or not happened in the way I describe it here, in the way I think it out loud. I hope that you decided to take the plunge either ICAD or another daily challenge, a medium that tantalizes or intrigues you, a workshop that you saw and thought, oh, I would really like to do that, or a group of people that you want to work with, a personal challenge. You can set up a personal challenge anytime, any number of days. It can be a certain month. It can be 14 days two weeks or 15 days or 30? Do you like odds or do you like evens? Does it need to be prime? Would you like a 30 or a 31? It's like ice cream flavors, right? You can mix and match and cultivate and create a challenge however you want. Or you can do another challenge that's already sitting there ready-made, easy to slide into. It's got a history. No matter what you do, remember that we are all people, the teachers, the leaders, the podcasters, the video makers, the people who show up with challenges week after week or month after month or year after year. We are all people, individual people, the people who are posting their art, people, people. There are people behind each of those images you see, each of those posts, and each of those comments, people. And I should say here at the start, because I don't, and some people have subtly said, hey, you don't. So I should say, if you listen to this podcast, I hope you will follow me at Instagram at least. I am oamy, oamy there. And I hope you will follow along. I share the work that I'm doing in my illustrated journal and over the summer on Index Card. You can also find me at YouTube and in the private Creativity Matters group at Facebook. And thank you to those of you who support the show. And thank you to those of you who draw with me on the weekends. I really, really, really enjoy that. And to those of you who are reading along with me every month in the group, I am really enjoying that as well. We just finished the Starless Sea and are diving into something new for June. So today, Today, it is really the pre-ICAD show because it's almost here. June. June is almost here. The whole get ready period feels like it was either non-existent this year or super compressed. That's that's me. For me, feels like I was somehow just in a different, different headspace this year or different time space. I don't know. But now it's a year. It's starting. So are you doing ICAD this summer? That's really the first question. That's the premise. Like I said, there are lots of other challenges you could do, either your own 
or someone else's, or you could just continue doing what you're doing, which if you already are well-established in doing what you're doing, do that. Do that. There's so much FOMO that you could just cut it with a knife sometimes, I think, and you don't have to do something just because. If you're already happy with what you're doing, just stick with it. What matters is the art you're making and the habit you have, being creative, feeling creative, finding satisfaction and personal reward in the making of art day after day. If you already do that, do it. You don't have to jump on board anything. So are you doing iCAD? And even if you're not, this show still has lots of stuff about series in general and thinking through our art and our lane. So are you doing iCAD? The Index Card a Day Challenge is run by Tammy of the Daisy Yellow blog. think this is the 12th year for iCAD. It is a summer art challenge. It happens in June and July. It is something with a huge following, and many, many people eagerly await this challenge every year. And many people really got a start, a foot in the door of daily creativity and personal creative habit through ICAD or a challenge like ICAD. For me, ICAD is wound up in my memory with other bits of summer. It's really interesting to me. I really noticed it this year, how much when I think ICAD, I think summer, summer travel, especially mostly weeks at my mom's, doing my cards in the morning, or in between hands of playing cards at night, or at night while watching TV, doing cards in the car while we waited on the kids to finish roller skating or laser tag or disc golf or something along the way. The pink plastic clipboard box-like thing that opens up and That became such a backbone for me for iCAD and for iCAD on the go. I love that little clipboard. The year of ballpoint pens and testing every pen I could find at my mom's house. The year of teddy bears. I also started that one at my mom's house. The challenge to pack up just the right art supplies to accommodate iCAD, but also to ensure I could work on other projects, assuming that I might have the little bit of extra time or energy to do that. It's something that has been an ongoing challenge year after year after year. Baggies of supplies. And all of that spills into remembering other summers. Other art made in hotel rooms or hotel balconies or hotel lobbies. Getting up early, heading out the door quietly so that no one else would wake up and going down to the lobby to get coffee and then sit in a chair somewhere and draw. Graphic novel panels I made to record vacations in Oregon so long ago. A series of ATCs made with tiny, tiny, tiny collage bits. The duck pond. I don't think ICAD was ever even part of Oregon. But I think ICAD and the duck pond pops into my head. We always used index cards, and even the smaller artist trading cards were a monthly thing for me back then. The duck pond, walking down Main Street and browsing in the yarn store, and then the children's bookstore, and the Great America Pizza Company. It's funny how a pit stop remains such a part of memory and a hinge. And all of that is a faded past now, like someone else's story, years and years ago. It has been years and years. Those were the really early days of the podcast. We lose the edges, but the mistiness, the haziness, the almost remembering, the softness, it floats back into view now and again. I'm different now. You are different now. The last many years of ICAD have been here at home. An index card a day. Anything goes on an index card. I always love seeing what people do for ICAD. I enjoy the mixed media that I see. I love it. The enthusiasm over the prompts. It's just so warm and contagious. The many different approaches to the daily prompts, similar but unique interpretations, a range of color and pattern and line and voice. Some are funny, some are serious, some have words and quotes and poems. I love seeing how people choose to 
do their challenge, their daily art. ICAD is a set of 61 cards, 3x5 or 4x6. It is specifically an index card art challenge. The substrate is the really, really core rule you're supposed to work on an index card, 61 cards. And for me, I view it as a whole. I was making this argument about something at work recently, waxing on about the gestalt of a set of X number of things versus the impact of an isolated one or two, how seeing the whole can be so very powerful and so much more looking at the whole. I think I've talked about this so many times in the podcast, in my life, in my academic work, in graduate school, it is so central a tenet for me. So holistic, it's defined as characterized by comprehension of the parts of something as intimately interconnected and explicable only by reference to the whole. There's something to really enjoy about that definition, actually. 61 cards, 61 daily cards, a whole, a gathering, And therein lies the power and potential of series. 61 Daily Cards, it is just a perfect opportunity and invitation for series, to work in series. And I know not everybody likes a series. Not everybody enjoys it. And that's okay. For those of you who do or are curious, then hear me out. Because, yes, sure, I love individual pieces. I love looking at this piece once I finish it and oh, that's nice, and I love the next piece and the next one. I only try to work on things that I think I will enjoy and love. I believe in that. It's okay to say that. But I love the series. I love seeing them together. There is something about the collective whole that really speaks to me in the end. And I love the journey. I love the doing. I just like the whole process of series. I like knowing sort of how things are hanging together, that there is some kind of continuity, even if it's a small thread that is linking one to two and two to three and four to five and 32 to two and 55 to five, 10 to 40. I like seeing that there is some connecting thread that holds these things together. And that can be a loose thread. It can actually be a medium. It can be a choice about how you're working, or it can be a choice about palette, or it can be a choice about always using a certain icon or always putting a number in a certain place. How you construct a series can take all kinds of forms, and that's not really what I'm talking about today. But it's not simply that, okay, I will draw a teacup every single day. That is absolutely a series, but it's not the only way to do a series. Series can be thought of much more broadly than that, and much more loosely. But in the end, if you've worked in a series, there is something that holds them together that you sort of see, oh, yeah, one is connected to 61. You can also sometimes see shifts that happen throughout a series, and that's part of how it works. And it may be that you see little pivots or little turns or little side jaunts or little journeys or little extra explorations or things you were trying for a couple of days and you either switched or they sort of fell off or you didn't really love it or they didn't work the way you thought, but there's still something that holds it all together. A series, holistic, a set, a collection. I like it. I see the series as a canvas with lots of individual parts, 61 in fact, and each of those gets a day in the sun. Today's day is this one. But it is together for me and for my work that I think these pieces, these individuals, they really gain voice when seen as a whole, even conceptually, not just seeing all 61 thrown together on a table because they don't even lay out and fit. But yeah, that has a voice and it's a really clear and visual representation of series. But just conceptually being able to mentally look back and pull pieces here and there and see how they speak to one another. That's really powerful for me. That's really powerful for how I work. And it really sort of feeds the personal investment. I think I'm more able to be invested personally and emotionally in a series because of the continuity. I like it. I just like it. 
When I say it's all about the journey, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. For some people, it's not. For some people, it's about the destination. For me, it really is about the journey. I don't even know for sure where all my other cards are. I could go and find some of them. And because I made a video last year, I worked to try to pull some things together and organize things a little bit. And they're somewhere. They're in different boxes and shoe boxes and things. But I wouldn't be able to find all of them. I don't know where last year's cards are. Sometimes I'll be sorting through a little pile of papers here or there and, oh, there's an iCAD. (laughs) It's out of its place. It's separated from its group. It's separated from its year. It's a card out of place, out of time. I usually just stuff it right back in there. I think, oh, I should take that and find where it goes because someday I'll wonder where that card is when I'm trying to order these cards. And I almost never do. I just stuff it back in. The journey has already happened. It now sits as a reminder when it surfaces, and then it settles again into the past. When I finish cards each day, when I'm actually doing the challenge, I often just stick them into the closest pile of papers, usually in my little rolling cart. I just stick them in, prop them up, make a little pile, and I hope they don't get bent. I'm so casual about it. I know it probably makes some of you like cringe because once they're done, they're kind of done. I don't lock them up safely in a gilt card box with a small key that I wear on a gossamer. No, no, not gossamer, a velvet, a velvet ribbon around my neck. I like the idea of that, a lavender ribbon. Wait, you thought red, right? You thought I was going to say a red. Nope, nope. Or did you envision blue? Nope. Black, maybe. Yes, it could be black. Black might even be best, might even be most fitting. But somehow in this moment, lavender has come up for this transient image of this velvet ribbon on a key around my neck. So no, I don't have this gilt box. It doesn't mean it's not great if you put everything in a box. And I really hope you have the key on the velvet ribbon. But I don't do those things. I just don't. It's really so much for me, the actual sitting, the drawing it at night. I look at it. I take my picture. Awesome. Done. And then I go on. I just move on. It isn't that I couldn't dutifully move them to a safe place, to a central place. I could. I could. In years past, I even used those little plastic index card holder boxes, but they're all full now, so I don't even have them anywhere accessible, and it's okay. I would really rather just make do. I just don't need new stuff. I really don't. So it's all kind of about my own sort of chaotic junction between minimalism and all of that. They just kind of go where they go. It's the doing it that matters for me. Do it, finish it, look at it, get a photo, and then tuck it somewhere safe. Hopefully so that it will be available for a group photo later, maybe a little group photo, maybe a big group photo, small groups along the way. I don't know. The seeing, the seeing matters to me, yes. And the doing, and then yes, move on. On the blog, you will find a set of ideas you could think about for working on ICAD. I started to update it this year. I actually was writing that and then just never did post it. Like I said, things, things have teeth. But there is a set from last year. I think it's 50 ideas for working in a series for a challenge specifically like ICAD. I will link to that in the show notes. The show notes often contain links to things that you might enjoy looking at. So check them out, creativitymatterspodcast.com. And the show notes also contain links to previous shows that are often relevant. So those are there. You'll also find a video flip through from years past. I did that last year and I'm really glad I did it. It allowed me to sort of see those different series and how they were similar and how they were different, how my work changed or evolved year to year and what kinds of things I grappled with in each set of ICAD cards. These little collections from prior years show me something about who I was then, I think. Sometimes I wish I could recapture that person, that view, that feeling, that series. I've talked about that. It's really hard to recreate a series. We're different. Everything is different a year later. My favorite years? Hmm. Hmm. I keep going back to this because I do have a couple of favorite years. And I've thought about that. What makes a year a favorite versus the other years? 
And I've also thought about the fact that I've wrestled with this, that I am not planning a favorite year this year. Even from the outset, I'm not planning a favorite year. And yeah, that sort of strikes me as a problem. I think we might ought to always be planning a favorite year. And I think that's really where I get stuck sometimes because I think, oh, I'll do something simpler knowing it's not going to be a favorite year. And yet I always kind of think that I got to give it my all. So what are you doing for ICAD or for summer art? How much did you plan? How much did you think about it? How much did you plan ahead? A plan isn't required. But we all fall somewhere on the spectrum of planning and tracking and thinking and pre-thinking. Some people are way at the end of it and really, really organized and nail it down to a T. And some people just want to roll out of bed each day and know that they will make a card. Some people work ahead, dodging or bending the rules a bit, shaping things in a way that works for them all of these approaches can work. And it really is a spectrum. There's not a right or wrong way to do it. We each have our own intrinsic and innate approach to getting ready for something like this and to how much planning, how many guidelines, how much of a rubric we want to have when we work on our creative projects. For some people, that is totally the wrong approach. And for other people, it's just helpful. It's comforting to sort of know I fall a little bit in between, and I usually don't make a whole bunch of concrete decisions. I usually have just a little bit of an idea of what I think I might do, but sometimes I do do a little bit of testing. You often hear me call it acid testing. It's just the way I refer to it. Sometimes I do that. I bounced around a bit this year about what I might do. What I absolutely know is that I don't want to let go of my daily sketchbook work. Now, I feel like I've been struggling even to manage that. And so I worry. I worry that taking on the Index Card a Day Challenge might mean my illustrate your week project suffers. And I'm really trying this year to make sure that doesn't happen. But if you heard my last show, you know that I'm just so darn tired. And I am so prone these days to falling asleep in the evening. And that really, really, really hampers my creative work. So can I do both? Can I keep up with illustrate your week and an index card a day? That's really been the seesaw that I've been juggling in my head because I didn't want to not do index card a day. It really just is something that I feel loyal to, to continuing to being a part of. And yet my primary work is my journal. And I'm really good with that. So I've gone back and forth. I want to try to manage ICAD. It's part of my creative landscape, but I wasn't going to plan a favorite series. What I thought is, I will just give it a token nod. And I don't mean that bad. I mean, I'll do something every day. Just a token nod. I'll do ICAD, but not put all of my energy and time every day into it. Token nod. The thing is, I suck at token nods. I really do. Every year I contemplate this to some degree. I often come up with a list of ideas, many of which would land squarely in the realm of token nod. Show up, do it, done, move on just some marks or some doodles or mindful doodles or tangles or lettering or a daily panel or a quote, just some hair. That was one of my thoughts this year. I love drawing hair. I thought I could just have this zoomed in thing where really I'm focusing just on hair and on the mindfulness of hair and just the lines of hair. And it would really look like mindful lines unless you knew it was hair, you probably wouldn't know it was hair. I still really like this idea. Just lines on a page though. And it felt a little bit too like not enough. And I I hate that about myself because it would have been enough and it would have been really cool. But somehow I felt like it wasn't quite enough for me to do this. So I don't know. I've watched people do repetitive art landscapes, line art landscapes, where it's really just echoing of lines for years. There's several people who pop up in my feed who do that, and I just love it. It's always beautiful mountains and valleys, and it comes out great, and they do it over and over, and that really is what they do. 
a hair, it would have felt a little bit like that. It would have looked a little bit like that. I know it would have validity and I know it would be pretty cool to look at. I'm still so torn. I still could do it. And that was one of my meatier ideas. I had some lighter weight ideas than that, which still would be great. I just wasn't really sure if I wanted any of those ideas to be what I want to do for 61 days, what I want to call my index card a day art for 2022. I'm just not good at the just enough to be done. And for me, whatever it is, it has to have meaning. And I've said that through the years. I have said that often in terms of series and very often in terms of ICAD for myself has to have meaning. And that's probably why I land in series because doing just some kind of art every day just doesn't hook me in the same way personally. I have to line up something that I will really care about, not just something that is sufficient. Because if I do just the just enough, it won't stick. And I know that about myself. It won't make the leap from task to something I'm emotionally invested in doing. And if it doesn't make that leap and doesn't really catch me and hook me, I'm less likely to stick with it. I'll probably fall off. I'll miss a few days and gradually it'll just peter out. It happens. So this need to balance things, to do something that is meaty enough, but that won't force me to abandon my illustrated journal for two months, that's really the crux. I was worried about it last year, and my journal suffered. I think for the last two years, this has really been a thing. Yeah, for the last two. And I keep hoping this year I can find a better approach. (laughs) I'm trying to be really optimistic that I can, but I am very worried. I'm just afraid I'm an all-in or not-in person. I don't often do the just enough thing. What is enough varies, of course. We each have our threshold, and truly, any art you make every day is awesome. And we're all at a really different place with our creative lives and our creative habits and our need to be a part of things or not. We're all in a different place with how our art makes us feel and where we have landed in terms of what we know to be true about ourselves, our artistic voice, our sense of balance and self and what we need, what we are accountable to, what we enjoy, and what we don't want to let go. So what to do, what to do, what to do. Like I said, I typically do a bit of random thinking about what I might do. And sometimes I try out a thing or two, that acid testing, just to see how something feels. And sometimes I try something out and realize, yeah, I don't want to do that. Or, yeah, that doesn't work the way it did in my head. Or, yeah, it's just okay, but I'm not going to really connect with this. So that little bit of testing can be important it's hard for me to bring myself to do that. I just am not I'm not really a do-all-the-tests-ahead-of-time person. But I sometimes do the one or two. In the past, I've used it just as a little bit of a, a ramping-up series sometimes, especially when the testing works a little bit. What we think in our heads might work, what sounds like a great plan, might fall flat when you bring it out of your head and to the humble index card or to any surface, really, to any kind of paper. Not everything we think about really is going to work. And it might be that it will work perfectly later when you don't need to do it every day, when you can just do one here or there, or when you can work on a bigger piece of paper or in your favorite sketchbook or on a canvas, something that's going to take your preferred medium better, your media. There's a whole lot wrapped up in what you decide to do for index card art specifically, but for any challenge, for anything that you're going to show up every day, you want it to be something that's really going to work. I didn't do a lot of planning this year. I did do that little bit of thinking. I wrote this list in my illustrated journal a couple weeks ago. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. For a while there, I thought that there might not be an ICAD. And that changed my thinking about what I was going to do at that point. I thought, well, there won't be an iCAD. I'm going to go ahead and buy a new A3 because I was finishing my big, my A3 sketchbook. I thought, okay, I'm going to go ahead and buy a new one and really move into it full force. But then 
ICAD was announced as a go, and it made me screech on my brakes, my mental brakes, because I thought, oh, I know what a struggle this will be. So I didn't really want to buy that new one and start that new one and then have it sort of feel left out during the couple of months of summer. Because I know that ICAD makes it hard for me to juggle. So I hated to start that really new big sketchbook during a time where I would likely be sadly doing just enough in the illustrated journal. So the timing of all of this, it all went together for me. The, oh, I think I'm going to be doing this. And then there was this announcement and I'm like, oh, so I had to sort of recoup and backtrack and think back. I then bounced between card sizes. I'm a four by six person because I don't draw small. Four by six is a challenge in and of itself. I really prefer big. And I thought, well, maybe if I do three by five, it will force me to scale down what I do. It will make it easier for me to accept something that's more simplified or sort of just enough, less time consuming. And I thought somewhere in some cleaning up a couple of weeks ago, I found a box. I thought I found a box of three by five manila tabbed cards, which I used to always use. They're sort of cream colored, but I used to use those cards. And way back when I did some of the drawings on three by five and a lot of collage on three by five, but I can't find them now and I couldn't find them again. And so I was still thinking about card size and wondering where those cards were. And I looked over one night and there was this box. Like, why is this box where it is on my rolling cart? I don't know. I've straightened and cleaned that cart so many times this year. Why this box is on the bottom shelf and I didn't notice it? I looked over and saw a box. It is a Smeed box from Manila Cards. I open it up and there are about half and half, half of the really thick white cards that I've used in the last couple of years, which I prefer at this point. And half of the Manila cards. They were all four by six. I tried to count it, but it was late. I think there's right, like just enough. Maybe it's really close to 61. It's really strange, strange to look over, to see that box, to find the half and half, to find the almost enough. Felt like a bit of a sign. I'm not going to lie. It really did. I mean, I just looked over and was like, what is that box of index cards doing there? Now, I never found the three by five. And that too is probably good because it really is not big enough for me. So what about you? What are you doing? What about you, Amy? Are you doing a series? Somebody asked me that. Thank you. You know who you are. Thank you. Thank you for asking, for actually caring what I was going to do. Thank you. Because I care what all of you are going to do. And I forget that not everyone enjoys a series. I sometimes forget that because I'm so oh, all about the series. I forget it. It was a good reminder that not everyone likes a series at all. I do. I enjoy the things that hang together, letting the voice and story come through this way. I initially, back a couple of months ago, I sort of had a plan. I was thinking ahead. I kept seeing these photos of kids when I would browse Muse pictures in the Museum by Sketchy app. And I kept thinking, oh, it's so cute. And I thought, hey, maybe I could do that in iCAD this year. Maybe I'll draw kids. It's not something I do often. It's not a strong suit for me. But 61 days of anything is excellent practice. You either get it and you you settle into it and you grow and you learn and you you evolve, or you really decide it's just sort of not your thing. So I thought, hmm, maybe I'll do that. And then as the start approached, I started to worry that that was too involved. It would take me too much time that I might not want or need to do that this year. Again, I'm still juggling the idea of my other project. Even portraits, it's time-consuming. It is. It's time-consuming. And I don't want to just do it halfway. So, I wasn't sure. I jotted down those other ideas. You know, easy. It's easy to come up with ideas. It really is. Especially things you can approach as a series. So I came up with a list, but I kept going back in my head to this idea of these kids. I kept scrolling past these photos and thinking... I think it would be fun to do these on index card. I think it would be fun to do these portraits. An index card frees up something. Some part of me, it frees up to just do something that's a little different. It's also on a separate page in a way I don't do anymore. So it's these little individual discrete cards, one by one. And they work together as a whole, but it's day by day, one by one, not fit into the sort of assemblage of everything else that goes in my journal. 
So sounded fun. Sounded a little bit whimsical, which kind of need kind of fits for this year when I have faced head on where I'm at with both of my kids now out of uh, high school. Both of my kids now have graduated. So everything's a little different. Just it's different. My role is different and it feels different. So something about doing these kids, series of kids, eh, there's something nice about it. So I said, okay, fine. I'm going to do this because of all the ideas I had, this is still the one that's meaty. This is the one that I know has the most potential for me to love it. But then it's like, I know what I want to do, but how do I want to do it? What medium? Because I love just drawing. I love contour, even. I love just drawing. I love black and white. I love hatching. It's how I love to work. But I have these series in the summer that have been different. There was a ballpoint year, and there have been several Copic years. And something about ICAD now makes me think about Copic. I look back at cards from years past, and the Copic ones speak to me. They're sort of a non sequitur, and yet at the same time, they're sort of like, that is so me. On the blog, I had said last year that there's this siren's call of Copic every year. And this year, I didn't even hear it at all until I got right down to the wire, right down to this week before we're ready to start. And I thought, I just don't know that I cannot do it. And the other part of me saying, no, no, you said you weren't going to do this. You're just going to draw something quick, just going to do a sketch and then open your sketchbook up. (laughs) So I was back and forth. I look back at things and there were a couple of years of Copic and they stand out for me. There was a year in between Copic years and it didn't engage me. And I'd almost forgotten that year was there. I saw it looking back through my feed. It's nestled in there. It's sort of flat. I don't like to do the pre-work. I don't. I don't. I like to organize things and yet more and more... I just don't do all the legwork and the pre-work. I'm amazed by those of you who do. You pre-sketch, even your regular art, you pre-sketch and you sketch again and you do thumbnails and you do color studies and lots of work before you ever start the main piece of art. And my simple daily practice doesn't require any of that. It's like, sit down, draw it, done. You did it. Journey complete. I don't have the patience for it. I think that's probably it. So I wasn't convinced I wanted to work with Copic. I did spend a few minutes trying something with multiple fountain pens that I thought, well, maybe I'll do this instead. I've been wanting to do this certain thing forever in my illustrated journal. So I thought, well, maybe I'll try it on index card. And it was like, yeah, it was okay. Definitely didn't strike me as something that would be faster. Felt like it might fall a little flat like those other years or might just not work or might require something that I didn't just have at hand. And then I remembered that, oh yeah, fountain pen ink oftentimes feathers badly on index card. And I didn't really want to test it. I was just sort of like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. There's a reason that the last couple of years I've used Micron or some other kind of fine liner. Oh, so what was I going to do? So I did a little bit of ballpoint. <laughs> just I didn't even do whole cards. I just did little swatches. I'm like, yeah, how do I feel? Yeah, I don't feel so good. So none of these things was like a golden ticket spinning my way into ICAD. So I was facing the sort of, yeah, I spent a few minutes looking for my Copics. <laughs> and when they weren't where I expected them to be, I felt like, well, there you go. This is ridiculous. Amy, just, just draw it and be done. Just draw it and be done. Just relax. Nobody cares. Just let yourself do your journal. It's what you care about. It's what you love. You know, go black and white. Who cares? Black and white, it's what I love. It's a part of me. Okay, right now, I use purple all the time, and I love that. I love using as many shades of purple as I can. And using all those shades of purple is sort of in my head like using black and white. I guess it's pretty monochrome if maybe that's sort of where I fall. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I tend to photograph them and convert them to black and white. (laughs) I love how things look in black and white. I just love it. Now, I enjoy working in the purple inks. I really love it. I really love it. I like flipping through my pages, but I really like seeing them in black and white. Strange. Hmm. I've been using black and white this week and remembering again that I love to just use black and white. So that was 
partly an option, but you know, Copic is fun. And people smile at me differently and they smile at my art differently when I use color. That's the sweet part of sharing art that we can get hooked on, right? It's the sticky part, trying to get other people to approve of what we're doing, to like it, to want to comment, to smile at us. I don't like getting stuck that way, but I think it's intrinsic to what we do when we share. Black and white has a harder time, but I do love it. So thinking I might just do black and white, it made the process easier to contemplate, but I couldn't get out of my head that it was going to be boring. Just another portrait, another set of portraits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's always in the same lane. She's always in the same lane. Do you notice she always does portraits? Do you notice that now she works in this journal and she uses either squares or circles and a bunch of words in them and a bunch of portraits and then a bunch of doodles? Do you notice this? It's the same lane. Why is it bad to be in the same lane? To find your lane? I almost think that's a goal. Finding your lane. Finding what you love. Not having to bounce around kinetically between thing to thing to thing. Finding your lane and knowing what you love is not a bad thing. It is not for everyone. Some people just don't like to be confined or to be that habitual or that routine or that, I don't know, to know your lane. I don't think it's a bad thing. Knowing your lane doesn't mean that you aren't still heading somewhere, that you aren't taking in the sights or navigating bumps in the road or ducking low-hanging trees, or skirting the weeds. Having a lane doesn't mean cruise control. It doesn't have to. It could, but it doesn't have to. Through the years, I have followed many people who make and are very successful making and even selling a very specific kind of art. A very narrow approach even. They are known for their lane. So why do so many of us who make art daily just as part of our creative lives, why do we fear a lane? Someone might only do mandalas or only do doodles or doodle landscapes or always paint fruit or just do swatches or only draw houses, or teacups, or only paint typewriters, or only do portraits. There's a lot of those people. Lots of people find and have a path, a lane, a niche. For some people, that's not the goal. They like to go, go, go. They like to try every new tool, every new approach. Also valid, totally valid. And maybe they stumble upon, in that process, maybe they stumble upon their lane. Our personalities play out in how we make art, how we approach our day-to-day -day creativity. I think what's most important to me, what I crave in endlessly trying to find and nurture a community where I am comfortable making my art is an awareness of difference and an acceptance of the simple fact that we don't all have to make the same kind of art to get along, to respect one another, to appreciate one another, to support one another, to be friends, to be valid in our own creative lives. We don't have to do what everyone else is doing to be satisfied with what art offers us. It is not a competition. I say it over and over and I'm throwing it in here because some people only ever hear the index card a day show. Art is not a competition. I say it over and over to myself. It's a mantra because I walk around in our social halls and I feel that persistent thread of competition. So I say it over and over. I say it when I explain to people what I'm doing when I try to justify why it's one sketchbook and it's been a whole year and why that is okay and why I want to fill all the space and how it's true to me, I say it over and over. Art, our creative habits should not be a competition. We just don't need that kind of stress. I don't like walking around in those social halls sometimes. It's not comfortable. I'm always looking for that level of genuine acceptance. And of course, we can't respond to and like and connect with thousands of people. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people just like us, making art every day, making awesome art every day, making humble art every day, making all kinds of art every day. It's that creative journey that matters. And there are so many of us. We can't connect with everyone. And so there's all these little groups. I'm always just looking for that level of genuine acceptance of difference. Sure, I wish 
I knew a few people who worked like me and could be completely non-competitive and enjoy a similar lane and, yeah, sure, want to be friends. Does that have to be on stage in front of others? Nope, not really. Social media complicates things. It really does. Social media, I think, makes things competitive. It fosters clicks in ways that leave many on the edges, that make people doubt their own work. It can be really hard. It can be really good and really exciting, but it can be really hard. And now, of course, everything's in motion and playing music as you scroll by, and so it's even harder. (laughs) It's even harder. While I would like to have a small group of people who work on illustrated journals specifically like me and chat day to day, even if they're doing their journals very differently, who are really working, that's the primary thing is working in an illustrated journal. I would love that. Just a space to be simply accountable and keep moving. The reality is that the people I draw with, the people who want to draw with me and have time in their lives to draw with me, they mostly all work differently than I do, completely differently. That's really awesome. Here's what we're doing today, each of us, and it's all completely different. I love that. I appreciate the fact that those differences exist, that we're all able to just do our own thing. I love that diversity. I don't know what I'm really going to do for June 1 for ICAD for this year, but in this moment, if you've listened to this far, here's what I think I'm doing in the loosest of terms. I think. I'm going to do a deja vu series. I think I'm going to do something on repeat. A few days with a single muse and repeat. I think I'm going to draw a portrait one way one day and the same portrait another way another day. And maybe the next day and maybe the next. I don't know how many days. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to unfold. It will allow me to do some of them just in hatching, to do some of them with bolder backgrounds, to do some of them with Copic, which I did. I ran into part of the Copics, didn't find all of them, but we'll see what happens. I often wonder about the choices I make when I do a portrait, especially an index card one. Should I stop here? Should I color that black? Should I color it red? Should I use full color? Should I just use ink? Should the color be separate from the ink? Should I ink first and then color? Should I color first and then try some outlines? I always get caught up in all of that. Those decisions, ooh, it takes time. It takes time. So this is kind of intriguing, a Deja Du series. It's kind of intriguing because it will let me do one thing one day and completely do it differently the next day. And I've still made art each day still done a portrait each day, multiple styles, little clusters, and then repeat. And it might look just a bit, I don't know, maybe there's a problem saying this. It might look a little bit schizophrenic, might look a little bit all over the place. I don't know. It's going to be fairly, oh, I don't know. It's going to have its own set of contours. And I kind of think it might be really interesting to do. It might work for me. I don't know. It will allow me to have to find less photos to draw. That's one possibly good thing. Although in thinking about it, I'm worried that every day I'm going to want to draw something new. I'm going to try to tell myself, no, we're going to draw the same thing again today, Amy. We're just going to do the same thing. So we'll see. We will see. So I have this loose idea. It makes sense on a lot of levels. As someone who has so much trouble making decisions, there's something kind of funny about all of it. If you see me online and you think, wait, didn't I see that same portrait yesterday? Well, yes, You probably did. The answer is going to be yes, you probably did. But it was probably different. It might have just been a little bit different. Find your path, your inroad, your lane. You may not know your lane. You may not want a lane, but find a path at least. Daily art and a creative habit can be such a powerful and empowering part of our lives. And daily challenges can really help you find, claim, and cultivate the habit. It may be that you ultimately don't care if you are daily. You just want a routine habit, something you can pick up a few times a week or every other day. No matter what your end goal is, if you are trying to make that come into being, I think there is real value in a daily challenge to help you get into the mindset. If you're new to making daily art or new to making art at all, definitely I recommend you try a 30-day sketchbook challenge that might be drawing or painting or doodling or art journaling or collage, but something for 30 days that can help train and exercise the do-it muscle and the habit muscle. 
30 days, or something like ICAD, 61 days, two months. So it's a double challenge, two months. And it's perfectly timed for summer. It eliminates the need to sort out your favorite paper or your favorite journal or your favorite size. It's going to have its own construct, an index card, three by five or four by six. So it takes some of the decision-making totally out of it. And you can just focus on filling that card every day in whatever way makes you happy. You can use the prompts. There are weekly themes. There's a lot of ways you can go into it, or you can choose to just totally do your own thing just on an index card. The index card a day challenge will probably have already started by the time you hear this show, but you can still jump in anytime. And I hope you do. And if you do, please look me up. You can find me at oamy, oamy at Instagram, and I would love to see what you create. I am the art. The art is me. That is it for today. It's like the longest show in history, and I really need to go to work, and I tried to fit this in. You know, I have a lot to say about ICAD. Tammy and I are friends. I've been a supporter of ICAD and all of Tammy's work for years and years, and I hope that you are doing Index Card a Day already, that you've already started, and that you are loving it, and that you're excited about it, and I hope you're making awesome art awesome art on three by five or four by six or in whatever format you're working with, whatever project you're doing. Again, if you're already well established in your creative habit and creative life, don't do it just because. Don't do it just because everyone else is doing it. It's okay to choose not to. I think we don't hear that enough. We all get caught up in this while everybody's doing it. So, and I am doing it. But it's okay not to. And, you know, if push came to shove, I would still be working just in my illustrated journal if I had to choose. Because I know my lane and I know what I need for art to be a really positive and empowering part of my day rather than me just trying to fit into this big sea, this big creative sea of summer. So thank you for listening. I'm Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. I share the hashtag illustrate your week prompts on the creativity matters podcast feed. I don't know why I have a separate feed. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. That's sort of silly, isn't it? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just cut that out. I need to simplify so many things. Maybe I'll start there. Who knows? Thank you to those of you who support the show in any way, whether that has been through Kofi or keeping me in supplies with the wish list and different colors of purple ink. Definitely, definitely. It's always a thing. And to those of you who have ever used Patreon, patreon.com slash creativity matters. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good year. Have a good week, everyone.